Well, that uh, that was a huge loss. Um, yeah, no shit. Let's talk about it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Right, here we are, and we are getting right to the point in this episode. Um, no bullshit, because, well, that was a uh, that was an annoying, tough loss, as I said, and the Knicks, last night, could not pull away against the Lakers. They lost one nine, uh, 129 to 123 in overtime. Huge loss, because, you know, with that loss, and with the Miami win last night, the Knicks are now two games back of that number six spot that they had not too long ago after that Pacer win. And we have Miami up next tomorrow night. Uh, and Miami is hot. They've won 8 of 11. Uh, so we could have had this one. You know, this game was, was won the Knicks. I don't want to say should have won, but they could have won because it was close the entire way. Um... Yeah, this, this, uh, uh, you know, the first quarter they came out of the gate very sluggish, uh, very slow start, awful shooting from the Knicks, nothing was really going, you know, I, I, um, it was like 15 to 5 Lakers with four minutes and change remaining in the first, they had five points, you know, just the Knicks with some bad fouls. Brunson had a bad turnover, a lot of misses, a lot of 1v1, not a ton of movement away from the basketball again. Guys just standing still. We had five out for some reason. Second quarter comes. The Knicks came out the gate much stronger. Um, quickly checks in. He's going. A couple free throws. Knocks down a triple to tie the game at 29 apiece. Gets the floater game going. Some more three-point balls to fall. And he ends up scoring 10 of his 19 points in the period. Brunson finishes with a strong first half. The Knicks are up 53-49. But it becomes a one-point game in the final seconds of the half. Because Dennis Schroeder gets that dumb half-court heave to drop. And so all of a sudden it's 53-52 heading into the third. In the third quarter... You know, kind of a snail's pace to start the period. A lot of missing and a lot of fouling. Uh, LeBron fouls, Jericho Sims fouls, Rui Hachimura fouls, Randall's fouling, Sims getting in foul trouble. But eventually Brunson stays hot with the jump shot, the floaters, the turnarounds. He's getting into the paint. He's making great reads at point guard. The Lakers kind of scoring themselves and they take a small lead. Uh, 86-83 heading into the fourth. And then, you know, 
in the fourth quarter, Randall and RJ have their moments. Um, later, it's Quentin Grimes. It's Isaiah Hartenstein scoring. But then Brunson once again making the key plays down the stretch uh, with 24 seconds left. Brunson drives middle, drops in a huge floater to tie the game 114-114. Then on the very next possession, defensively, Brunson gets into position on Anthony Davis. Davis drives. Brunson takes the offensive foul. Big time. Uh, he, he's been doing that all year. Um, and the Knicks get the ball. And then we obviously we get the uh, the whole Tibbs, Brunson, Randall thing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk on that in a minute. Um, but overtime comes. The Knicks start out, you know, they start out matching the Lakers. Quickly gets one to fall. Uh, Randall gets to the line, knocks down both free throws. Um, been doing that lately. Uh, then the Lakers go on this 7-0 run, you know. And it was just uh, bad defense. You got Brunson cheating middle to leave Dennis Schroeder wide open for a corner spot up. Yeah, you get Westbrook taking advantage of the mismatch and quickly in the post. Um, and Hartenstein slides over to help. But since he helps, you know, Westbrook has the easy dump-off look to uh, Davis. And then you get the nail in the coffin to me. Uh, on a possession later in OT, Anthony Davis screens off quickly to create space for Westbrook, who knocks down the pull-up jumper. And, and suddenly, you know, you got one minute and change remaining, and the Knicks are down seven points. And that was basically all she wrote. Final score, once again, the Lakers 129, the Knicks 123 in this overtime loss. Um, first of all, before we even dive into that whole thing at the end of regulation, uh, it, it's another ho-hum game where the Knicks lose because they don't have a superstar. Uh, it was Kyrie Irving dropping 21 points in the fourth quarter the other night. Last night, it was LeBron James going for 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. Uh, LeBron dropped 10 points and 4 assists in the 4th quarter in overtime. Knocks down the huge 3-pointer towards the end of regulation, and then he finishes at the rim with a nice layup to start the overtime period. So is the star. Just saying, folks. It, it must be nice. It must be nice. You know, keep talking Thibodeau this and, and Thibodeau that, and, and make up a new narrative every damn night for why he should be fired because that's what you do right not, not all of us but a good portion of the Knicks fan base at least you know I'm on social media I see is always finding a new narrative for why Tibbs should be fired and why it was his fault somehow some way it's always him that loses the game and never never is it any of the nine players in the rotation if a guy takes a bad shot, it's Tibbs' fault for running that action and never the shooter's fault for forcing it. If guys are going over screens with no energy, it's Tibbs' fault because that's his identity, defense, and it's never the player's fault for being lazy. If the Knicks are getting beat on the arc, it's Tibbs' fault for his defensive system and it's not the defender's fault for overcommitting on the drive. It's just its beyond appalling to me can't find an adjective how you can have these you know, these internet minions um, just pretend like they know the ins and outs of coaching to a point 
where they call for a guy to get fired from his job. Do you not remember Fisdale? That is something you advocate a firing for. That made sense. But this? The Knicks have an average record. The Knicks have an average roster. The Knicks need talent. The Knicks don't have a ton of talent. The Knicks need a star. The Knicks don't have a star. Simple, simple, simple. That's it, guys. That's it. That's the only thing that I'm focusing on. <laughs> you know what was a beautiful, and I say beautiful with, with, you know, with a grain of salt, example of not having a star last night? Forget the LeBron James triple-double. Forget the big shots he had at the end of the game where, you know, Randall half-assed it around a screen on that one three-pointer. You know, and that's being nice. Forget all that. But how about a few minutes prior? I think it was prior to that LeBron three. It might have been before or after. I don't remember. But it was towards the end of the fourth quarter. You had less than three minutes left. And the Knicks had that one sequence where they couldn't find the bottom of the ocean if they tried. And they kept launching three-pointers down two points. Quickly misses a three-pointer. Hartenstein rebounds it. Goes back out to eventually to Grimes, who misses the three-pointer. He grabs his own rebound. It goes back out to Randall, who misses the three-pointer. Hartenstein rebounds it. It goes back out to Brunson, who misses a 28-footer. LeBron gets the rebound. Grimes fouls him. And that was it. Four in a row. Dumb. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. You're down two points, and your entire offensive identity this year has been pounding the paint, getting two feet in the paint, and you're up there chucking senseless threes in a two-point game. If the Knicks had a star, that star gets a bucket there, period. Two-pointer, three-pointer, don't matter. That star is cashing through there and not wasting four opportunities in a row, and I can almost guarantee you that. That's not Fizzle. That possession was not Fizzle. That was the guys being stupid. Uh, I said Fizdale. Thibodeau. <laughs> now, I wanted to get that out of the way because that all said, yes, I do think that Tibbs played a pretty large role, pretty giant part in the loss last night. Because that final play in regulation wasn't good. Um, with 4.5 seconds left and the game all tied up, Tibbs has Brunson as the inbound passer. And we go to Randall. We go to a Randall ISO right into a double. I will say that, that I, I think Randall definitely needed to pass off there. That ball needed to be passed to Brunson, who was right next to him, near the elbow for a three. You, you gotta have your damn head up. I don't know why we're ignoring that part of the play. There was still 4.5 seconds left. It's enough time to run a quick ISO, maybe get into the lane, have Randall set a quick screen. You know, anything but an ISO into a double team down near the restricted area. Randall didn't even get the shot off in time. He didn't even get it off. You had an entire four and a half seconds and you couldn't get a shot off there. I thought there was a window where he kind of faked out, I think it was AD, 
but instead of going up there, he chose to spin around. He should have went up strong right then. You gotta go up strong there. You have to. So that bothered me. But yes, it's gotta also be on Thibodeau for not going to Brunson there and using him as the inbounder. That made zero sense. Zero. Brunson was hot. He had just seconds prior, knocked down a big shot, drew a huge charge, made a nice dime. He finished the game with 37 points. He led the fourth quarter with eight points. Randall, in the meantime, was ice cold all night. He finished the night shooting 31%. And I'm not saying it always has to be Brunson, but if he was going like he was, then he has earned that right. You give it to Jalen Brunson there. You don't put him as the inbound passer. So it's it's not good because at the end of the games, this continues to be an issue. Too much ISO, not a lot of creativity. It's, it's definitely a problem that Thibodeau needs to figure out. Got to be more creative with this offense. And it might be something that eventually gets him fired, sure. It was bad. It was bad. Um, but I'm not, you know, there, there, are, there are literally Knicks fans on the internet right now wanting Thibodeau to be fired because they didn't like him last night. You don't fire a coach who, who's got you in the seventh spot. The Knicks are the seventh seed. Sorry. And it's not like they have a superstar. They're, a se- they're in the seventh seed, and, you know, they're right in the thick of it with, with teams who have a star. But, yes, he, he, was, he was the biggest reason. Arguably the biggest reason for the loss last night was, was Thibodeau, you know, just dumb, being dumb on that final sequence and regulation. Um, and I also didn't like the way we played defense, the scheming. That's Thibodeau too. I'll, I'll pile on and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll side with you guys for a second. Um, last night, the Knicks were killed in drop defense on the pick and roll. We could not stop the LeBron AD pick and roll play either. Whether it end up in a drive and finish or a kick out, contact, finding open cutters like Westbrook, the Lakers abuse the Knicks in pick and roll. We don't adjust. We, We stick with the same coverage every minute of every game. It's annoying because, you know, sometimes I wish, I wish we would shake it up. Why is it that defenses run zone constantly on the Knicks but we refuse to run it ourselves I would like to see some zoning especially now that Mitch Robinson is done for a bit you'd think you know we want to hide our weaknesses some I I don't like the Nick defense I you know I'm not a fan of the drop coverage um I know the defense has done well this season statistically speaking but I am kind of tired of watching these games and being concerned when our three best scorers are on the floor because they're also arguably our three worst defenders. These are the three guys who lead the team in minutes. They're out there 80% of the time. But they are not good defensively. And that is a long-term concern of mine. You know, you got Randall to worry about with the effort sometimes. On his rotations, he's slow. He doesn't always fight over screens. RJ gets caught ball watching. He's not the greatest. Sometimes he gets lazy in 1v1. Brunson, you know, he could take a charge. He's good at that. He can sometimes jump the pass lanes, but he's small. He'll have his back to the play sometimes. Like, 
they're not good defenders, and that's an issue down the stretch. Um, and another coaching decision last night that I didn't have a problem with, and, I, and, and one I, I certainly hope that you don't have a problem with it, because my gosh, um, the decision to sit R.J. Barrett down in the closing half of the fourth quarter. We saw that it was once again Emmanuel Quickly who got the minutes down the stretch. I listen. I, I'm fine with that. To me, it's it's simple. Why that's been happening lately? Defense, defense. Quickly plays defense. R.J. Barrett does not play good defense. And lately, Emmanuel Quickly, while playing defense, has been the much more productive and efficient offensive player. He simply played better basketball last night. Quickly finished with 19 points on 50%. RJ finished with 13 points on 39%. This RJ, this is a dude who is getting ready to make 23 to 28 million per year starting next season up until 2027. I'm over it. I'm over the hype. I've told you this. I no longer, you know, think this guy is going to be an all-star like I did last year. I think he'll be maybe borderline or just a good player, but I was making comparisons last year to like Butler, Jalen Brown, DeRozan. No, I don't think that's it. I think this, this, it was the year to show it. And he's not shown it. He's not shown that jump. So, I just think he's good. He's decent. A nice NBA player. A solid fourth option. I've seen what I needed to see. And if you saw RJ last night, he looked miserable on the bench, isolated from the team huddle. And he made himself unavailable to the press last night. Now, I hope he's not sulking and he's mad at Thibodeau because he played like garbage water. That needs to be on him. I hope he's disappointed in himself and himself only because, you know, whether or not I believe RJ is good or that good, you're going to have expectations now. So I had no issue benching him down the stretch. And I don't think anybody should. I don't want to hear the bullshit about you know stunting his growth. It's one game and he played bad. He's been getting the minutes. He's got his opportunities. Cash in. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about when it comes to Tibbs because I'm just tired of that whole thing. And last night I do agree that Tibbs had, had a bad night. But um, I'm not overreacting and, and you know burning down his house. Um, I thought the shooting last night was absolutely pitiful. It was bad. The Knicks shot horrendously. They shot, you know, they, they didn't get beat up on the arc like they did in the Barkley Playhouse where the Nets just torched them. But they remained, remained a weak three-point shooting team. They shot the ball 7 out of 34 which is an unacceptable 21%. That can't happen. They knocked down zero three-pointers in the fourth quarter and overtime combined. Not one. They went 0 for 9. Not going to help you win in 2023, especially when the Lakers, who didn't shoot it well overall either, during that same span the Knicks were 0 for 9, were 4 for 7. It always comes back down to shooting, one way or another. It's always going to come down to shooting. And I'm looking at Quentin Grimes as the biggest culprit. Because this guy, all of a sudden, he can't knock down a single open look to save his life. Last night, he had a nice game overall. 
double-figure points. He was attacking closeouts very well. Uh, another very slick dime on the fly. But the shooting, awful, woeful. He was 0 for 5 from 3. Missed plenty more down in the clutch. Where he's not been good of late. And he's supposed to be your best shot. He's down to 35% on the year from 3. Scott has started knocking him down. He's missed some key three-pointers lately. Toronto, Boston, a few other games I can't think of at the moment. Uh, last night. So the shooting was bad. Um, I also think the rebounding, despite the Knicks winning that 45-44, I thought that was pretty abysmal in certain moments of the game. Um, like in that third quarter, they were dominated on the glass. And that was around the same time Jericho Sims left the game for good, ironically. The Lakers grabbed seven offensive rebounds in the third quarter to the Knicks' one. Seven to one. And honestly, a lot of that was... I hate to dog on him, but he had a bad night last night. Randall being incredibly lazy. It was maybe one of his worst nights of the year. Between missing all of his shots, getting stripped by Westbrook multiple times trying to post him up with just no awareness, between the final possession and regulation, not hustling on the glass. And when I say the final, uh, like the final minutes, like even before that stupid play he made. That Go watch that LeBron three-pointer and watch him go around that screen. He was just a disease last night. He was. And I noticed a few moments on the glass in the third quarter where Randall, uh, RJ, even Hartenstein were just getting embarrassed down below. At the very top of the third quarter, the Knicks were up a point. One of the Lakers' reserves misses the three-pointer. Randall's right under the rim. But he makes zero effort to pursue the board and go after it. And this Trey Brown, Trey Brown Jr. random blows right by Brunson and then he grabs the board right in front of Randall's face. Two. Um, I've noted this. Not long after that possession, with 11 minutes, 14 seconds remaining in the third, the Knicks are still up one point. Beneath the rim, you have Sims on one side. Brunson on the other, and Randall in the middle. The Lakers miss a corner three, and it's either AD or Brown who tip it out to Hachimura, and I think it leads to a basket off triple penetration. Randall was right there. With eight minutes left, you had one right into RJ's hands, but he can't hang on to it, and it goes back to LA up top to reset. You have LeBron missing a three-pointer with six minutes left. I don't know if it was a three, but he misses with six minutes left. And RJ and Sims are right under the rim. AD takes it away from them. Um, later in the period, Hartenstein's big goofy ass right under the rim. And Westbrook out-hustles him for the rebound. With three seconds left in the, four, in the third quarter, Westbrook misses both of those free throws. Randall is right there. But of course, he does not exert much energy into going after the board aggressively and so it's Brown coming from behind him and grabbing the rebound it was just gross basketball and everything fundamentally wrong with some of these guys who sometimes refuse to box out I know they're a good rebounding team and they box out you know statistically they're they're up there but there are games where they get lazy with it and, and effort is not an excuse 
you have to bring effort 48 minutes a night, every night. You know, and, and especially with Mitch Robinson now out, can't have blunders like he did. Um, I don't want to talk too long. That was an annoying loss. I do want to talk about this OG Ananobi thing. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right there. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show, episode 473 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Um, So apparently the Knicks are willing to move three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. Listen, OG is a a nice player. Um, He may become an all-star someday. He's young, he's versatile, he's very long. You know, he's a 3-4 wing, which is what the Knicks do need. Um, He can score, he can shoot a little bit. And he plays defense. Plays very good defense. That is all great. It helps. I get it. Um, I do have some concerns. I'm not going to go on too long about this. Because I I like to just run through certain points. And and that'll be that. I don't like to waste time. But, you know, I I don't know how he would fit in a Tom Thibodeau offense. Because it's an offense that's obviously very isolation oriented. Oriented. OG is a guy who isos very little, just 6% of the time, in fact. He spots up a lot, and he plays off the ball. We already see Quentin Grimes struggle to find consistency and and, get his reps because of that. How would OG work with these guys? You know, is is RJ going to work well with him? Because RJ struggles to coexist at times with Julius. RJ's already been demoted to the number three option. OG, uh, when I'm hearing he wants more shots, he's unhappy there. Probably going to have to move RJ eventually if you make the move for OG, especially with the contracts and the cap and all that. 
And obviously, you know, the Knicks have no issue with moving RJ as we saw that in the summer. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's probably looking like, I would say like a first three first round picks, but one of them would probably be unprotected and, and two of them protected plus maybe Obi Toppin and whoever else to cam Evan to match salaries. That itself is, is, you know, for OG is good, but I don't, my thing is, I'm, I'm about getting a superstar, right? And if Leon wouldn't move three picks for an actual superstar and a top 10 player in Donovan Mitchell, what kind of shit would this be? Long-term, short-term, whatever. He isn't getting the Knicks that much further this year. And down the line, long-term, I, I don't think he becomes a superstar that you build your franchise around. Yeah, the Knicks do have 11 first-round picks in the next seven years. So if they can pull it off without gutting their assets and they still have enough for the eventual home run move, whenever the hell that may be, then sure, I guess. But my focus is, is, as you know, it's getting a superstar in here. Not a new head coach, not a new role player, not another solid, good player. Get me a superstar and focus on that. I am sick and tired of guys coming into the garden and seeing the New York Post headline the next day with that opposing star's face smack in the middle of the paper. And not a Nick. Devin Booker, LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Giannis, Embiid, Durant, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Bradley Beal, Tyrese Halliburton, who we had a shot at, Morant, Jokic, SGA, Zion, Lillard, Steph, Butler. I mean, I just listed, what, 20 star players right there? 20 star players and about 18 different teams? And the Knicks, the New York Knicks, who play in the mecca of basketball, New York City, they were not one of those teams. How people don't see a problem with this and are completely content with their compilation of 15 role players is beyond my comprehension of thought. We need a star. And that's all I'm focusing on. But, honestly, you know, since the Knicks love their role players, and if we were talking about wanting to temporarily get better and see how far we can get this year, I would rather someone like Sadiq Bey because it probably wouldn't cost as much You'd save those assets, and plus he's still a very decent player who can play both sides of the floor. But, you know, if you can get OG Ananobi for cheap, and uh, relatively cheap, and if you're not gutting too much, I don't know, sure. But I want a superstar, man. I'm not, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I want a superstar. Um, I'm not even going to get to the, uh, Bing Bong Ball Awards, I'll just tell you who won them. Um, Jalen Brunson gets the ball amongst the starters. I thought he had a good game last night, 37 points, shot 45%. He was good. Um, Obviously, he should have gotten the ball down the stretch. And I also want to give an award out to uh, the Bing Bong Game Ball off the bench. We'll go to Emmanuel quickly. 
Could have went to Hartenstein. He ended up getting a double-double, but I thought Quickly was a little better. He had eight assists. He had, we have seven or 19 points. So, that's it. Same shit, guys. Same shit. Get a star. And until then, you're going to remain in this NBA purgatory. Guys, that's it. Let's wrap it up with our question of the day and our parlay. We'll talk about our parlay. Um, we'll get to that right now. We won't waste time. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Last night, our parlay, we had a four-pick parlay for plus 125 odds. Looked like we were going to win it. It was a very easy one, uh, but we missed on one. Uh, we hit the Randall 35 combined stats point rebound assists we hit the Brunson 30 plus combined stats we hit the quickly 15 plus combined stats we did not hit the Quentin Grimes one plus three-pointer made that's all we needed couldn't even get that so we lose because that's what we do with that said let's wrap this up with our trivia question of the day let's get to it Alright, so, for this episode, episode 473, our NYYNYK MMA, MMA, <laughs> slurred that, question of the day, is, Jalen Brunson is first on the Knicks this year in offensive fouls drawn with 56, who is second with 11? Jalen Brunson is first on the Knicks this year. In offensive fouls drawn with 56. Who is second with 11? Now on the screen, if you're watching the video format of the show, I have 54 down, but that was because I put this graphic in before Brunson had two more last night against the Lakers. So one last time, Jalen Brunson is first on the Knicks this year with 11 offensive fouls drawn with 56. Who is second with 11? I said that wrong. Jalen Brunson is first on the Knicks this year with 56 offensive fouls drawn. Who is second with 11? There we go. All right, guys. That's it. I'll see you in the next show. Um, once again, the Knicks lose 129-123 in overtime last night. Tough loss, bad loss, one that we very much needed and very much could depend where we are in the standings at the end of the year. We could be looking back at this loss. So, that's it. I'll see you in 474. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.